Good morning, IES teens. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much, Pastor Josh and the team for inviting me back to IES teens. Um, it is a pleasure. I was actually just looking through some of my old previous uh, sermons uh, at teens and, and in the adult service. And um, I was trying to get myself in the groove again because it's been a while since I've done this. Uh, but let me just kind of jump right into it. Um, you are all talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And so let me just read it real quick uh, for you. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And you know what? Fruit. That's, that's the, the big theme, right? Um, and fruit is actually in, in, in the Greek word is singular. It's not fruits of the spirit. It's fruit. So all nine uh, encompasses one fruit. Um, and what it means by fruit is it's a deed or action understood as if the natural fruits produced by a plant or a tree. So what that means is that the fruit of the spirit isn't a checklist. It's not something that you download. Okay, I've got love, check, joy, check, peace, check. It's a natural expected outcome of healthy spirit-led life. Let me say that again. The fruit of the spirit is a natural expected outcome of healthy spirit-led life. And so today I want to share with you about the concept of peace. But before we start, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are, the Prince of Peace, Jehovah Shalom. And so Lord, we ask that you would come and you would speak to us, speak truth into our lives, illuminate things in our lives that need to be illuminated, encourage us in areas that need to be encouraged and challenge us in areas that need to be challenged. We love you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. The word peace. Um, I actually have a friend and we um, we actually kind of co-work together. And um, every time, like after we meet up, it, like, it's always like, peace out, peace out. Um, but that's actually like a greeting that is in the Bible. Peace be unto you. That's probably just like the whole peace out thing. It's, I feel like it's a modern take on uh, the greeting that you see a lot in the Bible when you read the Bible and it says, peace be unto you, peace be with you. And peace, the word is, I think I'm butchering this, Irene, but it is where the, the name Irene comes from. So if your name is Irene, you're supposed to be a peaceful person. Um, and Luke 19 verse 12 actually, Actually, Luke 19, verse 42, says this, that Jesus wept over Jerusalem right before, you know, um, he was crucified and things like that. He looked over Jerusalem. He wept over it, saying, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way of peace. But now peace is hidden from you. And so I think that is 
kind of the cry of our hearts today that we want to know the way of peace. We don't want peace to be hidden from us. Um, so what is peace? Because a lot of the times when we're talking about peace in the world, it, it means you no know, no war, or it means just a, a sense or a feeling of tranquility. But it seems to me that when we look in the Bible and we look at how God talks about peace and how um, the scripture writers talk about peace, they always talk about something a little bit more, a little bit deeper than just feelings. And so I was looking this up, this whole idea of peace and the, that word, Irene, 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 however you say that word. But one of the meanings of it is to be without trouble. Another one is to have no worries. And we can understand that. But the third one, which I love, is this, to sit down in one's heart. I like that idea, to sit down in one's heart. It's sort of this, this idea to be settled. And you know what? When we think about being settled, we think about a time when everything is right. We think about circumstances that are perfect, that are ideal. And I want you to just sit there and think about an ideal situation. And of course, a lot of you are like, oh, no COVID, right? That is the ideal situation that I can go travel and I can go um, to the mall. I don't have to wear masks all day. Um, that is the ideal situation for a lot of us. Or maybe you were like, oh, my ideal situation is if I'm, uh, if I receive top marks or the ideal situation is if uh, my family is at peace or the ideal situation is if I get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, like, and that is when I will be at peace. But you know what? The Bible's concept of being settled, to sit down in one's heart has nothing to do with ideal circumstances. So you get a treat today. I am going to share with you uh, a story from the Old Testament. And uh, for people who know me, and I know uh, some of my colleagues uh, would laugh at me, I do not preach this text because it is so overused. It's one of my pet peeves. Uh, people put it on throw pillows. People put it on um, like framed on their uh, walls. It's Jeremiah 29, 11, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord. And I just, I don't preach on that verse. But today you get a treat because I am actually going to preach uh, from that verse. Actually, I'm preaching from that passage, Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 14. So let me give you a bit of a backstory. So the Israelites... Um, the Jewish people were captured by the Babylonians and they were taken there, quite a few of them. Um, I think 10 tribes, if I'm not mistaken, I might need to brush off on my uh, Israelite history. But they were taken as captives um, and they were in exile in Babylon. And so that is the most probably... Um, unfortunate circumstance for them because that means that they they were outside of God's promise because God's promise had everything to do with the land that they live in, right? Um, the promised land. 
but being exiled to Babylon means that they are out of that promise. And so that is not the ideal set of circumstances. And so they were, of course, struggling and asking God, okay, when is this going to end? When are you going to save us? When are we going to go back to Jerusalem? And then there's this guy, I even forgot his name, but he was a prophet and he ended up prophesying and saying, hey, in two years, God is going to set us all back to Jerusalem. Everything will be bright and peachy. Everything will be fine. Like there is, there, um, the Babylonians is going to be, uh, are going to be defeated. And then Jeremiah actually came into the scene and he rebuked this guy, this other guy, because he said, that, dude, that is not from the Lord. And of course, that crushed not just, you know, the guy who said it, but it crushed the people in exile because they're like, wait, it's not going to be two years. How long is it going to be? So one of the things, actually two things that I want to share with you before I share the story is this peace is not being in denial. It's not living in denial. Peace is not saying, oh, the circumstances around me isn't happening or um, just I, I simply refuse to believe that, that these things are happening. I simply refuse to believe that COVID is happening. Peace is not denial. And peace is also not wishful thinking and saying, oh, yes, in one week, COVID is going to be over. Or in two weeks, I will be back to normal. Peace is not wishful thinking. Peace has all to do with actually facing the reality. And so let me read to you from Jeremiah 29, 4 through 14. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. So the word, and I, I know you're like, there's not a lot of peace in this. Actually, there's a lot of peace. It's just 
translated different ways. Um, in verse 7, it says, Work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray the, to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. The words welfare and peace um, is, is all the same word, shalom. Work for the shalom and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its shalom will determine your shalom. And also, way back when in, you know, everyone's favorite verse, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for shalom and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And so this concept of shalom is it's the Hebrew word for peace. And a lot of the times people, I mean, if you go to especially a traditional church here in Indonesia, you'll see people greet everyone. Shalom here, shalom there, shalom everywhere, right? But you know, shalom is not just peace. Shalom means completeness. For some odd reason, I have uh, the Jerry Maguire movie, You Complete Me. <laughs> shalom means completeness. Shalom also means safety or soundness. It's not just about peace and like tranquility. It's about completeness. It's about safety. It's about being safe and sound. It's about being in right relationship with others and with God. It's the wholeness. It's the completeness. That is the meaning of the word shalom. And interestingly enough, it is one of the names of God. Jehovah Shalom. God is peace. It's not God of peace. God is peace. So it must be deeper than a sense of feeling, a sense of zenness. So the God of completeness. So what does that mean? So how, 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 what, what is the way of peace? Because Jesus, Jesus kind of lamented over Jerusalem because they do not know the way of peace. So what is the way of peace? So one of the things that I realized for this is that idea of completeness. Find our completeness in God. Rather than finding our peace, or that sense of tranquility in other things like, you know, oh, waiting for COVID to be done, or, um, oh, in my friendships, or in my romantic relationships. That is what is going to completely, like, complete us. No. First, find your completeness in God. Because when you have God, no matter what storm you have in life, no matter, like the Israelites, you were in exile in a land that is not yours and you are second-class citizens, you can still be complete. Find your completeness in God. Not in other things, not in food, not in... Um, how you look, not in your popularity, that those things do not complete you and cannot complete you. God can complete you because God is Jehovah Shalom, God who completes. The other thing that I, I realized from, from this passage is submission. And we don't like that word a lot, but 
that word is, is kind of the theme of this, submitting to God's authority. And, and that is in this story about how the Israelites, you know, they were wishful thinking. They want this exile to be done in two years. But God says, nope, 70. And part of being peace and part of being at peace and part of striving for their peace and prosperity is to submit to God's way. To face reality and say, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, I will do it. Whoever it is that you want me to serve, I will serve. Whatever circumstances you have placed me in, I will stay there until you move me. So um, I think Pastor Katie just, just shared with you, and uh, Pastor Katie is uh, leaving for the States. And one of the things, uh, she's one of my friends, and we talk about um, our time in Jakarta a lot because we actually came back to Jakarta the same year, 2013. Um, she came first. And then about a month and a half later, I came to Jakarta. And so one of the things that we always talk about, the phrase that kept on uh, being thrown around in our friendship is this, that I will stay here until God moves here. God moves me. And I want to challenge you to have this, this um, mindset when it comes to your life, that I will stay in wherever it is that God puts me until God moves me. And let me let me give you a little bit of a caveat. That does not mean that you stay in a toxic relationship. That doesn't mean that you stay in an abusive relationship. That's not what I mean. You know, what I mean is whatever it is that God puts you in. Like, because I don't think God puts you in abusive relationships. Uh, but I think this, like the way we do it is, you know, the community, the, the family that God has placed you in, you stay there. You don't check out. And that actually brings me to the next point and my last point uh, for today. It's to be faithfully present. It's not enough to just be present. It's to be faithfully present. They're all interconnected people that you know, getting God to complete us and also submission, but also to be faithfully present. To be present, to be right where your feet are. And these people, the Israelites, were in exile. They're in Babylon. They, they, they were in a foreign country. And they, it was not the ideal situation. We've covered that. But what God is asking them to do Build homes, plan to stay, plant gardens, because planting a garden means commitment, right? Eat the food they produce. So wait until there's har harvest. Marry and have children. Please don't get married anytime soon. Um, then find spouses for your children so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. God was telling this to the Israelites. The message, what he's saying is, you are here right now. Be 100% here. Don't be here wishing that you are somewhere else. So that is one of the things that I've learned from this passage. When God has placed you somewhere, when you are in a specific season in your life, no matter how uncomfortable that is, you be present 
until God moves you. And, you know, one of the things that, that I learned from this is that, I mean, and, and this is a wonderful promise when God says that he knows the plans that he has for all of us. And so that's his part. He knows the plans he has for all of us. Our part is to be faithfully present in the current plan that he has us in, rather than being here wishing, oh, I wish I'm in college right now, or I wish I'm an adult right now and I'm working. Or if you're an adult and you're like, I wish I was still a teen and don't have to pay bills. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but there are things that we do in life where we are in a specific season that God puts us in, and then we are busy rather than being present, being faithful in the relationships that God has put us in. We are wishing that, oh, I'm, I, I wish I was someplace else. I wish I have different relationships. I wish that I am doing something else, something better, something bigger, something fancier. But then when we're focused on that, we are not faithfully present to what God has in front of us. And so that is my invitation for all of us. Be faithfully present. And part of that, part of that is to seek God and seek right relationship with God. Because that is peace. You cannot have peace without right relationship with God. And so... My favorite verse from this isn't actually 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you. My favorite is the one after that. When you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. So no matter where you are at in your life, no matter what circumstances, no matter what struggles you are in, True peace happens when we pursue God, when we look for God, when we search for God. And let me just close with, with this. I'll just share, share with you, this past year hasn't been the easiest for me. 2021 marked a very interesting season for my life. Um, after I, you know, I, I left IES and I left IES teams to, to be part of a, a team that planted a church. And, and so that was where I spent all of my um, 2021. Uh, but one of the things that happened mid 2021 was my mom passed. And um, it was a shock to me and it, it still is. I'm still like, I'm still, still going through grief and I don't think, you know, you ever really get over it. Um, but I would, I see a counselor um, and she is a wonderful, wonderful person. I've, I've, I've talked to her for a couple of years now. Uh, but one of the things that she told me, like I was going through a lot of changes as well, professionally, but also um, personally and emotionally. And I was going through a lot of these different things um, and struggling through a lot of different things. And um, one of what, what she was saying is, Tirza, you went through trauma. That's what you, you went through. And I was thinking about it and all through, and I was looking back and I realized that all through, all through that time, I was, you know, I was devastated. I went through like a roller coaster of emotions, um, you know, 
Pastor Josh knows this guy. I, I, like, we're friends and we talk, so he knows a lot of the different things that I, I went through. But one of the things that I realized that I've always had peace. That never went away. And I'm not talking about a feeling of peace because the feeling there is, like the feeling went from like devastated to lonely to like angry to everything in between to like being very just, and, and dealing with even um, depression means like I, I just, I'm just tired every day. And, but throughout all of that, there is peace. There is peace knowing that whatever it is, that the struggles that I am in, the season that I am in, that God completes me. That even when I don't know what's going to happen in the future, I don't know what the next step is. It's all vague to me. Peace is knowing that God is there before I'm even there. Peace is knowing that God is, God is in control even though it feels like I am not in control. Peace is knowing that even though I am hurting and I am experiencing a lot of loss, that God is there and God completes me. And my relationship with God has actually grown in this past year. And it's not about like wishful thinking. It's not about being in denial. It's actually being very raw and real with God. Having very frank conversations with God about what I'm going through. Pushing and, and leaning in and not giving up until God does something in me. And so I want to just take the time to invite all of you to join me as we pursue the God that is peace. Because in relationship with him, that is how we can have peace in our lives, in our other relationships, is when we are connected to him and we are led by his spirit. And so I invite you to join me, not to do things, checklists, but to lean in and, and pursue that relationship with God, and in everything that we do, be faithfully present. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are peace, that you bring peace into our lives. You make our lives make sense, even though things don't make sense. And so, Lord, we ask for your spirit to lead us and to teach us what it means to, to be in completion with you. And Lord, teach us to be faithfully present, not wishing we are somewhere else, not comparing ourselves with other people, but to be exactly where our feet are, to be faithful in our present, to be faithfully present. Teach us. Teach us gently and nudge us when we started to wander away from that and wander away from you. We love you, Lord. We Praise you and we seek you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.